7.34 nearly, North Korea has yet to officially report a single case of COVID-19 infection, despite reportedly releasing over 3,600 people from quarantine last week. So you might naturally ask yourself what sort of symptoms would have led these people to go into quarantine in the first place. Maybe you could offer a very quick counter-argument, say seasonal flu, cold, that sort of thing. For what it's worth, Russian citizens evacuated from Pyongyang recently told South Korean media that North Koreans were expertly carrying out prevention measures and not hiding any patients. But that contradicts the claim that COVID-19 has taken the lives of 180 North Korean soldiers and that the US forces career commander said he's fairly certain the pandemic has spread to the north. Let's welcome on the line Professor W. Cortland Robinson from Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, Happy to talk with you. Given what we know and don't know about this reclusive state. Do you share the USFK commander's view that that North Korea inevitably has cases? It's hard to say inevitable. I think given the spread of this globally, given the proximity to China, given the fact, and we know this from uh, many years of uh, doing our own research along the China-North Korea border, this is a fairly porous border. There are attempts to control movements in and out. Um, but uh, I think it's quite reasonable to assume that there are cases in North Korea, yes. North Korea did seal its borders, though, very early on in this outbreak, banning all travel in and out of the country, uh, restricting the movement of diplomats and and foreign aid workers across Pyongyang. It was heavily criticised at the time. The thing is, if if anyone's going to be able to make such draconian measures work. It is North Korea. Were they likely to have at least helped quell the outbreak if there was one in the North? Um, Someone once said that when you're dealing with an outbreak, the the best time to panic is immediately. So if we see the epicenter as being in uh, China, in Wuhan, then efforts to contain it and, and control it within Wuhan and within China would have been appropriate and and were appropriate Um, um, as it has spread. um, I think the efforts by the North Korean government to control movement of diplomats, foreign aid workers, really all and everyone, uh, when there are perfectly appropriate measures to provide 14-day quarantines uh, and so forth, uh, I think have indeed been inappropriate because they seem more likely to be as a result of um, some political uh, um, motive and not public health. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of focus has been on Chairman Kim Jong-un himself. For example, he was spotted during artillery drills recently. Sometimes um, he's been photographed himself not wearing a mask, but uh, an official next to him wearing a mask and generally seemingly avoiding Pyongyang, although that wasn't the case when he did take part in a ceremony launching the construction of a general hospital in Pyongyang this past Tuesday after being pretty much laying low, uh, especially within the capital. Can, can we read anything into his movements, do you think, and and the fact that he was at this hospital? I don't um, don't pretend to be an expert on um, um, watching movements of political leaders. I, I don't think it's uh, as much of an indication as what they are or are not 
either hiding or what they are or are not facing. Um, I think the main focus really should be on what are they doing now, uh, assuming that there are at least some cases to uh, do proper testing, do proper treatment of at least uh, provide supportive care, to do contact tracing, and above all, to be dealing um, with containment and mitigation of this threat, which is clearly global, and I think um, likely is in North Korea. Uh, and if it's not there now, it will get there. So that, to me, is is probably more important than saying where is uh, Kim Jong Un now as a sort of a where's Waldo game. And I don't know that that's uh, I'm not suggesting you're saying that, but right. rather. Uh, that's the focus. I think as a public health practitioner, uh, I would say we really need to keep our eye on what is happening in the way of testing, what's happening in the way of uh, um, containment uh, and mitigation of spread. Yeah, well, I I guess it's just there's areas of speculation, like if he is avoiding Pyongyang, it might suggest that there... There are either infections there or North Korean officials consider Pyongyang to be a more likely place to see infections um, spread, given the the larger population size there. The the other thing, of course, to mention is that any time North Korea's leader does anything, it's orchestrated by the media and seems to have a policy focus. So, in other words, if he's at a public hospital, it's a sign of of taking health care seriously. Right, right. Um, no, as I said, I, uh, other people do that far better than I uh, in terms of that sort of uh, taking that view and what, the, what it may be signaling. Um, yeah. No, I, I understand. But we can at least say that, that he's not ignoring healthcare at this time by being at this ceremony. And, and actually, what do you make of North Korean healthcare infrastructure? A lot has been said that it's completely inadequate and that if they do see a, an outbreak, they will suffer severely. What, what's your view? Yeah, well, for several decades now, it has been ranking very low, among the lowest sort of 20 to 30 countries on World Health Organization um, rankings of, of um, global countries, 193 countries, uh, by um, performance, healthcare um, financing uh, on a per capita GDP level, all have been very low. Um, and I think the evidence that we have, it's not a complete and full picture, but the evidence that we have is that the system is lacking in uh, basic supplies. It's lacking in even things like water uh, and electricity on a regular basis. Um, the uh, health workforce, uh, while at one point, maybe back in the 70s, was really quite effective. People are not getting paid regularly. They're moonlighting. Um, this is a system that really, I would say, is not um, at capacity to deal with uh, anything like what they may be facing should they um, be encountering an epidemic of coronavirus in their country, which I think is um, extremely likely to happen, whether even if it's, it may be happening now, uh, but it's extremely likely to happen. And I don't see the health system and healthcare infrastructure ready to respond effectively. It, again, though, even if there is the outbreak within the country, if you've got any kind of political system that's geared up to deal with this, you would think North Korea's officials would be able to enforce social distancing. And and that's got to help. We, we've seen ourselves in South Korea, a rapid yeah. spread of cases, and then just a change in behaviours seems to have made a huge amount of difference. 
So, yes, I would agree with you, given that they're um, capable, and I think we've seen some effective response after some some um, fumbling by China at the beginning uh, to do the kind of really draconian um, enforcement, the, the quarantine of an entire city, really almost even a province, um, was effective in, in containing uh, spread. I think the South Korean model has been much more about very um, aggressive testing yeah. and and uh, um, uh, supportive care, uh, isolation of the sick, uh, and, and, of course, all of the messaging about uh, social distancing. Um, that can work, and I think North Korea could do that well. Uh, you could certainly roll out um, the health workforce. You could roll out the military to begin to uh, enforce these kinds of uh, bans on large gatherings, um, um, closing down of, of all the sorts of facilities where spread could be occurring. That I think they could do effectively. What I don't know that they can do effectively and need some help with, I believe, is uh, the testing. Uh, do they have the equipment? Do they have the uh, materials? Um, if they have outbreak, um, will they have the capacity to provide ventilators and medical oxygen and um, intensive care units for all the people who may be needing hospitalization that's uh, a major concern well uh, that's a very important question isn't it do, do we even know if north korea has a single test kit that works and and if we don't know that then it it's impossible for anyone to say whether there's a case there even if people are showing all the yeah. right symptoms I don't know exactly. I read a report, I think, a few days ago that Russia had delivered 1,500 kits uh, that they went to Pyongyang, and that seems, uh, sadly, um, part of this whole response that Pyongyang gets first, uh, dibs first crack at the available uh, testing and all other care. Um, So I don't know. There may be more tests available. There are plenty. World Health Organization has them. Um, South Korea obviously has them. China has them. Uh, so they ought to be available. Uh, if they're not, I think the question is why not? Is the North Korean government simply not interested in testing? Are they uh, unable to really roll out testing on a uh, widespread basis effectively and efficiently? Those are real questions, and, and I hope that we get answers fairly soon, because without testing, you don't really know where this disease is, uh, and you can't do the kind of tracing and containment that you need to uh, really effectively manage um, and treat where you can and also um, um, work to mitigate uh, so that it doesn't spread further. Is there any... Or reduced and spread. Right. We've been assessing vulnerabilities to this infection as well, like, for example, being of advanced age or, or having an underlying condition, would malnutrition be considered to be a, a, a risk factor then if, if we also consider North Korea to be widely malnourished? There's certainly uh, malnourishment. We've seen the data um, uh, among children, uh, easily a third um, are, are malnourished um, and the population level, um, something akin to that. Um, I think the underlying conditions that are of particular concern, given this seems to be um, striking older people at higher rates are, are things like heart conditions um, and other um, um, underlying conditions, so uh, respiratory uh, ailments and so forth. I don't know that malnutrition would be a risk for transmission so much as it might be a problem in recovery because right. you're 
nutritionally um, in deficit does your body have uh, what it needs to help withstand um, and fight this virus. So that, I think, could be uh, what we might call a comorbidity. Um, I, I don't know the data per se. Um, at the risk of sounding flippant, it, it certainly doesn't help that they're malnourished uh, and that their health care may be in many other ways compromised um, when, when they're dealing with uh, a disease for which there is no immunity at this point and no treatment. A final question. If people were to answer the call and, and go and help North Korea in whatever way they can and get around sanctions in doing so, how do you physically do that when North Korea is so frightened of the virus coming in? Well, I think they have to uh, certainly allow for um, people to deliver test kits, to deliver um, uh, personal protective equipment, PPEs, masks, medical oxygen, all the sorts of things that are necessary, none of which I believe are sanctioned. I think these are all allowable, certainly under humanitarian exemption. So I don't believe that the things they need at the front line, which result, uh, which are mainly um, an issue of testing, protective gear for health workers to uh, treat the sick, uh, to isolate and work with um, both the sick and do contact tracing of people who are potentially sick, doing some cluster containment and also the mitigation. Those are um, supplies that are not um, sanctioned. They have medical exemptions. We have to have people who can bring them in and, if necessary, help train people on how to use them and either work alongside uh, North Korean health workers and others who might be deployed or to train the people to do that. Uh, and again, there are ways to um, allow for, if necessary, 14-day quarantines mm. uh, and so forth to protect the population and get people in. Colleagues um, from the World Health Organization just went in and came out of Iran. Uh, that has a much higher spread uh, third in the world right now. So um, this is not the time for North Korea to say nobody come, comes in, it's not safe. There's ways to manage that. Uh, and it's not a time for people to say uh, or allow North Korea to say um, no aid is needed. Um, I think it is needed and it will be increasingly needed if this disease spreads the way it has in other countries. Right. Professor W. Cortland Robinson from Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. Happy to be here.